Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the All Sports Talk podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. As always, it is a pleasure to bring you another episode. Uh, It's always a pleasure to hear your guys' reactions, to see your guys' comments, to see your guys' likes. And if you haven't shown this to your friends that who love sports, please show your friends. Please support the show. Subscribe, like, everything. The bigger we get, the more fun stuff we get to do. And as always, I appreciate you guys, the loyalists who have been with me since episode one. You know, I think everybody, old timers, newcomers, everybody, I appreciate the comments. I love the support. I thank you so much. And let's get started. We have quite a bit of a hot topic show today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Excuse me. Let's just start out with the obvious. The Lakers win. They beat the Warriors 103-100 to in what was a really great contested game. I mean, it was back and forth. And literally, it looked like the Warriors were just claiming them. I thought the, the Warriors were just streaming by. And then the second half happened. Alex Caruso played very well defense. And the Lakers... Offensive fire just caught on fire. <laughs> That's what it was. It's just it got hot at the right time, and it was enough for the uh, Lakers to come back and win. They ended up winning one hundred three to one hundred, and it was really very interesting to see this game how it played out. And it's uh, it's my kind of time now to really talk to some NBA fans, or as I should say, you know, some haters out there uh so everybody is gonna look at this that's either gonna did not see the game they're gonna wake up tomorrow like oh well of course they won the lakers are a super team and what world is this laker team a super team because if, if my memory serves me correctly in order to be a super team you need at least almost three to four players to be in the top five of their position. Other than Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Who else in that Lakers roster is top five and in, in their position? Dennis Schreider? That guy couldn't cover a dead fly. Last night. Everybody else, what? Great defensemen, solid NBA players, not top five. So I want to know in what world and what reality does this Laker team make a super team? Yeah, they have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, but that's it. Those are two people out of 15. Yeah, Alex Caruso's nice. Is he a top five? He's a nice player. Is Dennis Schrader's okay? He's not top five. Kyle Kuzma, the thir- apparently the third man on the Lakers. Please, that guy has so many off and on nights. You know, it feels like, you know, you're changing a baby's diaper. You know, sometimes the baby's hungry. Sometimes the baby's fucking shitting himself. 
So in what universe, NBA fans, I'm talking to you, casual NBA fans, not the diehards, not the ones that actually see the game. I'm talking about casual. The ones that only know two names on the Los Angeles Lakers roster. The casual NBA fans. In what world does this Lakers team look like a super team? The Chicago Bulls were a super team. The Lakers, back in the 2000s when they did the three-peat, that was a super team. The Miami Heat with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, that was a super team. The Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, that's a super team. NBA casual fans, you need to just bat, you just need to like really open your, before you speak, really think about what you're going to say. Because in what world is this a super team? Because last time I checked, super team means you had to have three or more in the top five of their position. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, fine, I'll give you that. They're top five. When healthy at their position. But in what universe is this Lakers team a super team? You casual fans make me laugh, man. But anyway, they ended up winning 103 to 100. So now the Warriors have to play Memphis for the eighth seed. And now here's another topic that's really getting on my nerves. Just really getting on my nerves. MVP. A lot of NBA casuals, again, are saying, Steph Curry should be the MVP because of this and that. Really? He should be the MVP because he has great shooting percentage, puts up a lot of points. That's your MVP. So your MVP is one game away, one game away from elimination. And if he doesn't make the playoffs, that's your MVP. Don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing on Curry. Curry's a great shooter. That's about it. That is literally about it. Can score from anywhere. But your MVP for the NBA casual fans is one game away from elimination. And that's your MVP? A guy who can't carry his team to the playoffs. Allen Iverson was a one-man show. He carried his team to the finals. <laughs> but the guy who can score, who does probably does deserve MVP, but is one game from elimination. And should he lose, people are still might vote for him as the MVP. No, I'm sorry. When you can't even lead your team to the playoffs, you should not be in consideration for MVP at all. At all. So, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, And then today, we have the Washington Wizards taking on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Do or die game. Winner gets the eighth seed in the East. And uh, Golden State, Memphis, they get... They play for the eighth seed on Friday night. You win, you're in the playoffs, you lose, you have to go home. So, 
the Lakers get the Suns. They get the seventh seed. The Lakers get the Suns, and their road to back-to-back titles begins this Sunday against the number two seed Phoenix Suns. It's gonna be very. I I think this is a good matchup right here. I really love that matchup. So we'll see what happens, and then, like I said, the it's just it's just it baffles me. That still baffles me that. How NBA casual fans can say the Lakers are a super team when they don't even have anybody else outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, top five at their position. But yet they're okay with calling Steph Curry, who's one game from elimination, to call MVP. And should they lose, there's still going to be people out there saying that Steph Curry's MVP. Okay, great. MVP means most valuable player, not the most valuable teammate. You take Curry off, the 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 Warriors still suck. The Warriors are still a bad team. That's why they're in this position. Yeah, you take off Curry, they might be even worse. Curry gives you a fighting chance, but it doesn't give guarantee you a championship. That's all I got to say about it. You know, NBA casual fans, you guys make me sick sometimes. Your 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 thought process just makes me sick sometimes. Let's move on to some college football, though. So, a couple of news on there. So, starting July 1st, it seems like the pay to athletes is finally going to get through. Uh, there's still some kinks to kind of work out. Uh, one of the kinks is, from what I'm hearing, is yes, the college athletes will start getting paid by their sales and by their usage and all that stuff and by their likeness. But apparently, uh, that the NCAA and the college can take 75% of that. Now, this is where, again, it was tricky from the start. It, it was always going to be tricky to pay college athletes. Um It's a very tricky situation for me. It's always it was always hard. I'm not saying that these kids don't deserve it. You know, you got to do what you got to do to make it in this life. But how can you dictate who makes more? Maybe recruiting process, you know, five-star, four-star athletes, I don't know. It was a very hard process. I understand the battle that this is just the beginning of the battle that's going to be a very long war between the NCAA and the players. This is just another battle of a very long war. What dictates how much you get paid as a student athlete? And what dictators and what dictates the NCAA and the college to take some of that profit? Because they're already making profit off of you by selling it. Now they're going to get more profit on top of what you're already getting. I don't know. It's a very hard process for me to fathom the idea of how this is going to play out. Which is why I actually had this conversation with a really good buddy of mine the other day. And this is just, you know, free thinking here. What if Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the new XFL owner, came out and started stealing recruits from big-time programs? Now, really think about this. Really think about this. What if down the line there is a war between the XFL 
and the NFL. Okay, hear me out. The XFL dictates you have to be 18 years of age to play in the XFL. That's the rule. That is the age requirement. 18 and up. What We don't know every college student athlete's road. We don't know their situation. We do not know what... What their path to get to where they are today. We don't know what it's like because we're not in their shoes. Now, hear me out on this. What if for some weird reason, just some weird reason. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and the XFL start stealing top recruits. What if they go to an 18-year-old kid and tell us like, hey. In the NFL, it only requires you to be out of high school for three years. And never said anything about you having to play college ball. Never said anything like that. So what if the XFL started? Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen right away. What if down the road the XFL says, hey, we got the number one recruit out of ESPN's 150. And he's going to play for, I don't know, let's say the uh, Los Angeles Wildcats. And what if that kid has a successful... Two to three years in the XFL, and he declares for the draft. And here's the thing they get paid. They get paid right away. I don't know how much they get paid, but they're going to get paid professionally because they're professional athletes and they don't have to worry about the NCAA stealing their money, stealing their, you know, anything. They don't have to worry about any of that. What if the XFL is a stopgap for the NFL and for NFL scouts to look at and say, well, these guys have already been playing professionally for three years. What if the XFL goes to war with the NCAA? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? I got to tell you, it's just an idea that just popped into my head a couple days ago with my buddy. We were just talking about football, and all of a sudden, this came out. Now, we don't know if it's going to happen. This is just a theory, and you know, our imaginations got wild because we took some adult beverages. But what if the XFL took on the NCAA? How crazy would that be? Instead, recruits, instead of going to Alabama... LSU, Clemson, Power 5 programs. They go to the Little League of the XFL. And now the NCAA has to fight with the XFL. And the NFL can just sit back and be like, well, now we have two factories of getting our product. We got the NCAA and we got the XFL. This is where, to me... It's going to be the most interesting process. I'm not saying that Dwayne's going to do it. I'm not saying that. However, would it surprise me if it did? Not really. He wanted his shot in the NFL and it was denied. He is going to fight for these guys to have a shot at the NFL. 
This is why I'm kind of excited for the XFL to be back. And if you love football, this is where people should really be starting talking about the possibility of XFL versus the NCAA. And it would be crazy to me. It would be crazy to me if this started. Now, sticking with college football, the Pac-12 got a new executive the other day. George Klevakov. Hopefully I said that right. He is the former executive of the MGM Resorts here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And now he's the new commissioner of the Pac-12. And he made a statement that he wants to expand. And I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. But... It sounds crazy in theory, but it almost happened. Remember, the one team, for some weird reason, the Pac-12 always seems to have connections with is Oklahoma. Remember, Oklahoma almost bolted to the Pac-12 in 2011. People forget, that was 10 years ago, and they almost bolted. And yes, I get it, the Big 12, Texas is the face of the Big 12, I get all that. But Oklahoma has been dominating now for about six seasons in the Big 12. Dominating. Oklahoma's been getting all the love, all the thunder in this in this group. The way I see it, should the Pac-12 expand? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's no... I don't see a... It's not that I don't see a market value. I just don't see teams running to them. I don't think teams from the Mountain West are going to move to the Pac-12. I don't think the needle's there yet. I don't see San Diego State. I don't see Colorado State. I don't see Utah State. I don't see, you know, Fresno, uh, Boise. I don't, I don't see any of those guys ever bouncing away from the Mountain West. I don't see Oklahoma joining... The Pac-12 anytime soon either. It's really going to take some interesting persuasion, should I say, for a team to move to the Pac-12. I think everybody's pretty much set on on what they want to do. You know, the NC, uh, Notre Dame joined the ACC because they wanted to play football, but they're going back to independent this year. It's okay. It happens. It happens. I just do not know what the what the persuasion would be for, let's say, Fresno State to be like, hey, you want to join the Pac-12? You know, you just got to have you and somebody else join. You know, so there's got to be another team. There has to be a new South and there has to be a new North. It would be great if, you know, the Pac-12, I'm not saying that they're not a Power 5 conference, but it's if they would have more publicity that they're, get, that they're not getting. It was just not that long ago where Oregon was considered for the playoffs. And what they needed to do was have an undefeated season, win the championship, and maybe the, and maybe the voters were considering it. 
that's how little they think of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is a Power 5 conference, but they are the fifth they are the fifth best team on a five-man power conference. They don't have a lot of power. SEC, ACC, they do. The Big 12 and the Big 10, they're always competing. But when it comes to the Pac-12, they're, they, it's, it's nearly impossible. West, West Side College football is dead. It has been dead for a long time. Since the glory days of USC, Washington, there really hasn't been a good moment for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 needs, they need to hype up their competition. And the best way to do it, try to get expanded. Bring Nevada. Bring somebody. You gotta, they, there has to be something. Maybe they could bring on the Rebels and the Wolfpack to the Pac-12. That'll be cool. Maybe Fresno, San Diego State. Maybe Colorado State and San Diego State. I don't know. Boise State. It's it's just going to be hard if they try to go to Central America and try to bring them on for the Pac-12. They need to stay on the west side. But they need to get some quality names as good as they can and as big as they can to at least even have a consideration for this to work. It's a shame, but that's just the way it is. West Coast college football is dead. Sure, USC, I get all that. Their fan base is good, I guess. But they're not as dominant as they used to be. And nobody really cares about the whole, well, they won two out of three. Nobody cares about that. Because in the end, they cheated. Nobody cares. All they remember is that they lost to Vince Young and everything went to hell after that. That's all they remember. They need to do something. They really do. So. And lastly. Professional football. So Tim Tebow officially signed his contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars today. He is now the complete. The roster is complete now. It is 90 man. Jacksonville is on their way to. From 90 to 53. That's only here in a few months here. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. I made a poll the other day if Tim Tebow would make it out of camp and on both sites, the Facebook and Instagram. And the results were shocking. No. Why do I say they were shocking? Because I think he has not a good chance, but at least a puncher's chance. I mean, Jacksonville needs all the publicity they can get, and I think he might just be able to do it now. I also voted for no, but I didn't think it was going to be 89 to 10 or 89 to 11, all that stuff. It's just, it baffled me that there was kind of no hope. And I get it. Tim Tebow hasn't played in nine years. I get all that. It's just, you know, we'll see what he's got. And I wish him the best. That's all we can do. And A.B., Antonio Brown. That's a fun name. It's always a fun name. Caught again. And some allegations worth the truck driver and yada, yada, yada. And this couldn't have come at a worse time. Because yes, he is technically signed with the Buccaneers. But apparently he still has not passed his physical. So if he still hasn't passed his physical, 
they can rescind the contract and be like, oh, you're on your own. Antonio Brown, man, this guy is just a head case. And truly, I'll, that was a gimme ring. You finally got his ring, congrats, but that was more of a gimme ring. You were just the third wide receiver on the team. It, it's a gimme, it was a gimme ring, I don't know. It, it's just, he, he has all the talent in the world that you can ever ask for a wide receiver. He just cannot stay out of trouble. So we'll see. There'll be more when the story develops. But as the story goes right now, he's in an altercation with some truck driver about some injuries. And it's just, you know, you hear this so many times. It just becomes, you become numb to it at this point. You become numb to Antonio Brown just trying to, you know, you think he's turned the corner and you think he got his way. You think he would be on his best behavior. No, it doesn't work that way, apparently. So, But that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope everybody does enjoy it, wherever you are listening. As always, you know, I want to thank each and every single one of you for the, you know, wonderful, wonderful comments, the wonderful support. It's, uh, it makes me feel good, and, you know, it, uh, it just shows how much you guys care. And as I always say, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. And for you guys to at least give me up to 30 minutes of your time for you to listen to the show, um, it warms my heart. It really does warm my heart. And, you know, I thank all of you. You know, I thank all of you. Also, do not forget, as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, there's a new little small business. So men, women, if you need to get your hair braided, there's a little... Small business up in Rancho Cucamonga called Let's Get Braided 21. That is their Instagram page at Let's Get Braided 21. Uh, she is very, a very good stylist. Uh, she knows how to braid hair. She knows how to fix hair. She is wonderful. She is a wonderful friend, and I'm so happy that I get to help her get her business started growing with a couple shout outs here, you know, and she, like I said, she's just a wonderful person. She's a wonderful friend and she takes care of everybody. She, she literally cares for the client. So if you need to get your hair done, hair braided, me personally, I cannot do it because I'm, uh, I'm what you call bald on top of the head. So, uh, Nothing I can't, there's nothing uh, there to braid, but for all you ladies and all you guys out there that do want to get your hair braided, at Let's Get Braided 21, please get help her out, support the small businesses. She's very talented and you will not be disappointed. I guarantee you that much. So again, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy yourself. Take care of each other, respect one another, and just be safe out there. It's a crazy world, but enjoy it at the same time. Because remember, you're not here for a long time. You're just here for a good time. So enjoy yourself and take care of one of each other. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you later.